Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, here we are. John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz, our Warriors Weekly Post Game 5 edition. Warriors lose to the Grizzlies 134 to 95, and it really wasn't that close. Warriors trailed by as many as 55, Steiny. They still lead the series three games to two, but I think a lot to parse out from last night, including what translates now to a game six, and, and the Warriors. They're going to be under some pressure, I think, on Friday night at Chase Center for the first time in the postseason based on not only last night's outcome, but I think you could make the case now that game four was not a one-off in terms of some of the things that the Warriors didn't do well. Last night sort of backed up the fact that maybe the Grizzlies have started to figure some things out and and the Warriors find themselves a little bit vulnerable, Steiny. Yeah, what I – kept thinking about last night and I, you know I think it's a credit to the Warriors is they, they get down 10 and if you've watched the Warriors enough you don't really get worried and then they get down 15 and you don't really get worried and then they get down 20 and you think all right well they got some work to do tonight and then it's 25 at half and you're thinking okay well they're gonna have to they're gonna have to come out in the second half and and make a run and then the next thing you know it's over 30 I, and what I'm saying is that's that was the point where I was like, okay, I, I think they're in big trouble tonight. I think they're going to lose, but it, it wasn't until it was what eighty to fifty, and you know, I just think that's a credit to the Warriors. They, they didn't have one run in them last night, but after all they've done over the last ten years, you just, I just, I have to see it first before you believe they can lose a game like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. No question. I mean, it, it was, I'm, I'm with you, early third quarter, you thought, all right, the Warriors, can they get it under 20 in the in the middle of the third quarter? And then you're thinking there's, there's still action, especially with some of the cold spells that they've been able to, to get the Grizzlies into, right? Like they've been able to make some runs. And I think that we talked about this on your show yesterday. The theme of the series to this point had been when the Warriors hadn't played well, 
the Grizzlies hadn't really made him pay for it. Last night, they made him pay. They put him in, it wasn't a 12 point hole. It was a 27 point hole that turned into a 55 point hole. And, and that was something very different from, from the first four games of the series. The Warriors didn't hang around last night. As far as some of the, the, the it, turnovers, again, uh, an issue, bad shots. The Warriors, game in, game out now, Stein, you talking about playing a little too frenetically, that they need to calm down. We're five games in, though, now. I mean, how do the Warriors calm down? And I think the other part of this, too, is the Grizzlies defensively are just a different team without John Morant. Uh, for as great a player as he is, it, it appears to me that the Grizzlies have figured some things out. And, and I'm also just going to throw Steven Adams into the equation because he's been a factor in both games in terms of all of a sudden the Warriors are not hitting the Grizzlies on the glass the way that they were in terms of offensive rebounds. And I think some of those drive and kicks are a little more difficult because Adams has been in the way a lot. So I think the defense from the Grizzlies' point of view and, and Adams being a factor these last two games, I think have been have been huge. I didn't think Adams had this kind of impact in him, to tell you the truth. I thought he might have had an impact in real short stretches. But even when Steven Adams went, was in Oklahoma City, it never felt like he made the Warriors pay the price for his size. Um, particularly because... You know, just not, he's not a terrible offensive player, but you got to be a really good offensive player to be a big against the Warriors. But what he's done in the last two games, and I was thinking about this, JD, I think he's been more impactful, more consistently against the Warriors than he was at any time in the postseason prior to this. And there was a play last night that kind of stuck in my head, and it was Steven Adams getting switched out to Steph Curry. At about yeah. the top of the key. And he just did a nice job of kind of staying in front. And he he didn't make the cardinal sin of, of most big men, which is allowing him to take that step back uncontested. And he kind of forced him into the lane, but Curry couldn't really get by him. And he's been really good. And if he can stay on the floor defensively, you know, then then he has changed this series. And, you know, the other thing that's going on too, I think, is you know, Draymond Green is, he's just not, you don't have to guard him right now. And then you throw Looney in there for as many minutes as he's going to play. I'm starting to think, you know, you, you cannot play two non-scorers in the playoffs because it's really allowing the Grizzlies to to gamble when they when they want to and to pack it in when they want to and then to get aggressive on the perimeter whenever they want to. They can do if you're only guarding three guys or three and a half, you have wiggle room to make mistakes. You have wiggle room to to take chances. And then if worse comes to worst, you just stay solid. And the Warriors just they just didn't really have much last night. And, you know, it kind of goes to show you that, you know, Draymond's got to be, to me, more of a factor on the offensive end. I mean, he's got to, he seems a little bit passive. Yeah, he's too comfortable not looking to make a, a scoring play or even to take an, an open shot, which is something that, that's popped up from time to time when, when the Warriors have struggled. Uh, what did you think of Curry last night, kind of letting the game come to him uh, a little bit? The Warriors took 14 shots before Steph Curry took one. 
He then hit a couple of threes, and it felt in that moment as if, all right, this might be one of those nights where Steph just has to keep him in the game himself. But, again, I think this is where the Grizzlies, they get credit for the for the way that they've defended uh, the, the Warriors and, and have just – They've just gotten them off the mark. I know they're running at the three-point line. They're trying to force the Warriors into the lane. I think they force the Warriors maybe too deep into their penetration sometimes, and the kickouts are are, are not there in the way that the Warriors are, are are used to having them be there. They're just they're just off kilter enough to where nobody can really get in a rhythm, and it comes down to are the Warriors going to make some bad shots and right. In a couple of these games, the Warriors have, and the Warriors have won because of it, but also there have been a couple of games now where, where the Warriors haven't been able to, to make some of the bad shots that loosen up the defense and I think also demoralize the Grizzlies a little bit. Uh, that hasn't happened, and these last two games at least, the Warriors haven't been getting the second chances that have deflated, I think, the Grizzlies at, at, at different points early on in the series. I'm looking at four offensive rebounds. I think it was one in the first half. The Warriors had one offensive rebound in the first half. The defense has been there, but the Grizzlies have been able to get the rebound at a higher rate these last two games. Yeah, I mean, as you brought up Steph Curry, uh, you know, did, didn't shoot a lot early. I, To me, that's not a big deal because it was, what, 29-28 at one point. So they're right there where they want to be at that time where he's not really being aggressive. So uh, this was guy kind of a failure all the way around um as far as I'm concerned. You know, they they didn't they didn't they didn't get a good performance out of anybody and I don't know like I just think you know it's funny because you, you see a lot of warrior fans just oh they can't believe what happened. Well, I can believe what happened because, you know, this team was what, 53 and 29, but you take away that 18 and two start. And now you see that the last 60 games of the year, they, they, they weren't a great team for 60 games this year. They were a good team, pretty good team. And I, I just keep thinking we've got to stop. And I, you know, I I don't know if you're doing it. Uh, Maybe I do it to an extent. This isn't, this isn't the five-year-ago team. right? It's not even close. Every time that team stepped on the floor, they were the better team, and it was usually by a fair amount. They're not the better team right now. They've got, they got more pedigree. They've got more experience, but I'm not sure they're the better team. Now, obviously, they probably have better talent if Morant's not on the floor, but, you know, this they... they they got to play well to win for the most part. Yes. Now, I get it. People say, well, they didn't do that. and get Well, the, to me, that was an outlier. Um, but the thing that I also have been thinking about a lot is something you said. You know, you know, the longer these series have gone, the worse the Warriors have gotten. Yes. They really have. That's a trend now. Both yeah. series, it's happened. Absolutely. So, you know, what does that say? To me, that tells me the more you play the Warriors – the more comfortable you get, the more you start to figure out how close you have to defend them on the perimeter, you know, what you have to do on the interior, all those kind of things. And, I, you know, I it kind of makes a little sense that the more familiar you get with the Warriors, 
the the bigger advantage you have because the Warriors are different than a lot of other teams that way. So sometimes it takes you a couple games to realize how different they are. What uh, uh, just gauge for me the concern level now because look if if you look at it in the big picture, Warriors split the first two on the road. They come back. They hold serve. How big is that game four win now? I, I know game five plays out completely differently if if game four goes in a, in a different direction, but the Warriors still have the three two edge. And and I'm always of the belief if you're the team without home court advantage, the goal is to get to game six with a three two lead. No matter how it plays out, if you're going into a series as the underdog, you want to get that home game in game six where you have a chance to end the series. So the Warriors still have that, but the Grizzlies are a different team than they were the first three games of the series. It's hard to explain John Morant being out and the Grizzlies being more competitive, especially given the way John Morant played in the first three games of this series. Uh, I mean, how do do you try to explain it? Because it looks like the Grizzlies have just figured some things out defensively to where – you know, going back to what you were saying about, oh, the Warriors have to play better. The Warriors have the Warriors don't dictate terms like they used to. Like the other team has a right. say. I still think the Warriors are the better team between the two, especially without Morant. But but this isn't all about just the Warriors anymore. It's about what can the Grizzlies do. And I think as this same thing has gone on, you know how how much can the Warriors fix for Game Six as opposed to hey, the Grizzlies are, are kind of playing their game, and that in and of itself is going to mean the Warriors are really going to have to fight for this and play a lot better than they have. Well, my question would be, what do you fix? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, oh, maybe, maybe they should get Bielitsa in there more to no. spread the well, – uh-uh. well, I'm not – and I don't even want to say yes or no, but I think it's just so funny that, you know, now we're down to well, a guy let's, you, let's you, you mocked it. all year long saying, well, now we need to play Bielitsa and this, that, you know. What can they fix? Their personnel is what it is. They're a smaller type of team, JD, and they've they rely on the three point shot, plain and simple. And Memphis's perimeter defense is better than Denver's. And it, but here's the problem: it might not be as good as Phoenix's perimeter defense. So this is something that's not going to go away for the Warriors. They've got to figure out a way to get better shots, not just three point shots. Well, and it's on. Look, and let's be honest. It's on Steph Curry and Draymond Green and and Clay Thompson to play better, flat out. No, Jordan no. Poole, and, and let's let like let's just put multiple rats on the table. Jordan Poole stunk last night. He stunk. <laughs> he 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 was awful. He was awful defensively. He was turning the basketball over. Steph Curry wasn't aggressive enough. I thought early in the game and and putting his imprint on it offensively. You know, Clay Thompson was was fine I think offensive Clay Thompson was minus 45 like Clay Thompson I think defensively as this thing has gone on is is getting more and more exposed for not being the same Clay Thompson before but here's the thing right. if you're going to rely on championship pedigree then the championship pedigree players meaning Steph and Clay and Draymond have to lead the charge and they all to varying degrees haven't done it so we can quibble about what do you do with that other starting slot Kaminga, to me, cannot be in the starting lineup again. That has not worked. I was stunned that he was still in the starting lineup. I thought maybe they'd go back to Looney with the Grizzlies going with Adams and Jaron Jackson in the front court. Let Looney try and bang a little bit with Adams. I thought they didn't do that. And and now Otto Porter Jr. is hurt, who's been one of the you know 
saviors, I think, yep. of this series and, and of the postseason. So as let's just talk about the big three first, and then maybe we can get into to Jordan Poole and what's been going on with him the last couple of games, and then where the Warriors can maybe go adjustment-wise in terms of, of the lineup, kind of three different little points that, that you can touch on a, a little bit. But because they – I always talk, we always talk about the playables, right? Well, the Warriors were already down two playable players in this series with Igadala and, and Peyton, and now potentially Porter with this foot deal. Right. So now you're, you know, Damian Lee's already playing, Kaminga's already playing and not well. So are you going to dip deeper into your unplayables in the biggest game of the, of the series? I know it's a lot to chew on. I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but just touch on any, any part of that you want. The Golden State Warriors are known for their shooting. They have the best shooting backcourt in the history of basketball. They added Jordan Poole, who is quietly a streaky three-point shooter. These guys are getting a little bit older. They're playing in games now with only one day's rest. To me, this is a classic case of, you know, kind of can the Warriors – hold on and and kind of limp to a win in, in this series. Look, Steph Curry did not shoot the ball well all season long by his standards. And in the first uh and in this series and even Denver, it's about the same as it was in the in the regular season. In other words, there hasn't been a uh an improvement. So the question now becomes do they have, you know, is their margin for error so small that when Steph Curry shoots 37, 38% and Clay shoots 36, 37 and Poole shoots 35, 36, can they still win a series? Well, I'll tell you right now, they could have five years ago because their defense was that good and their offense was more dynamic than just, you know, taking 25 footers. But now it's a matter of, you know, can they get enough stops if they're not shooting well? Can they rebound uh, better if they're not shooting well? They've got to make up for it in a lot of different areas. And the reality, too, is if if you're not going to shoot threes as well as you have in the past and you're turning the ball over 18 times a game, forget it. You can't win. I mean, look at the shot attempts last night. That's the game, 99 to 80. 19 more shots the Grizzlies took. It's ball game right there. How how do you fix the turnovers? You can't. I mean, I don't like. And this is kind of one thing I was, I was thinking about last night when I was texting you. You know, depending on the day, the Warriors even have either have uh, championship basketball IQ or they have they're one of the smartest teams uh, in the NBA. They have so much experience. Draymond Green um, is always one step ahead. On the other hand, for 10 years, we've been hearing about the turnovers and how this team's careless with the ball and that this team doesn't value the ball. Well, to me, turnovers are the number one indication of whether you're kind of a smart team or not. So one of the things I'm going to kind of throw out there today on the show, but I'm throwing it out there to you now is, you know, is this how smart is this team? How smart is this team? And. I want to say, well, look, they're really smart. Well, if they're really smart, then that means the turnovers are fatigue turnovers or they're kind of mental fatigue turnovers. But either way, this team's turning the ball over far too much for a team that um, that has such 
experience, bottom line. I think there's a case to be made that they need to slow down a little bit, like slow the game down a little bit. And I know they never, and I've asked Steve Kerr this at different times over the years, and his answer is always, we never want to slow the game down even a little bit. But I think, and I haven't asked him recently about that, but I do think this is a scenario where the Grizzlies are better at playing a frenetic pace. No doubt. it just benefits them more. And I think over the years, the Warriors were the team that it benefited when when it was frenetic because there would always be enough of, of a run in a game where they could they'd get that 13 to one run or whatever it is, or hit a couple of threes in a row to kind of flip the momentum of a game. And now it's almost as if the Warriors I don't want to say play slower, but I think I mean play a little slower. Just you know, you know, not take the air out of the ball, but just just with the decision making. A little, they got to play a little calmer. They're getting caught up, I think, in in the way the Grizzlies want to play because the Grizzlies play it at such a, a speed. But the Grizzlies, as we've seen in this series, can't really function unless the game is frenetic. When when it is more of a half court game, that's when the Warriors' defense has been able to dig in. That's when the Warriors have been able to get some offensive rebounds. But the tempo, even though it hasn't always been higher scoring, has has favored the Grizzlies. And and look, I'll just throw another thing at you. And I was really curious how it was going to look. I said it on your show yesterday. How is this every other day thing going to look as far as when the Warriors have had a rest, a couple of days, three days, they've seemed much more in control and 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 just like themselves. But the, the every other day, the three games that they've played with one day of rest in this series, they've played terribly in all three of them. Now, they've, now they won the game four. At which at this point is the is the difference in the series, but the two games where they've had rest, they've looked awesome, and the and the three games where they haven't, they they've looked like a completely different team. Last night was one day plus travel. Tomorrow going home is going to be one day plus travel. How much of that is impacting the pace and everything else? Because I don't think the, the the Grizzlies have life right now. The Grizzlies aren't worried about being tired or not right. having John Morant or anything. They're young and fresh and want to run. And I'll be honest, from being in that building last night, they think they got a shot. Like they like big question was, did they think they were people thinking they were going to tap out? That was a right. joke to me. Like you haven't been watching the Grizzlies if you thought they were going to tap exactly. out. And I mean, so they didn't tap out. And and now it's not only did they not tap out, but I think you can make the case that they believe they can still win the series. And and I think they believe they will win the series if they can somehow get a win at Chase Center on, on Friday night, as crazy as that sounds. Um, I completely agree. And they might be able to. Um, as for playing slower, yeah, I think that, that would help the Warriors two ways. One, it would slow down the Grizzlies. And two... It would prevent what happened last night, which is you get down 20, 25. And the one thing we saw in game four was even though the Warriors were not playing well, the game was at a slower pace. So they never fell behind as quickly as they did last. Yeah, as quickly as they did last night. You know, the other thing about the Warriors, and kind of get back to IQ here, is the Warriors, when they have a tendency, when they when they get down. Or even when they're up a little bit and they're they're playing that up and down, they they've always had a tendency to try to hit those home runs, and those home runs are not going in anymore. 
And the reason the home runs are not going in anymore to me is a combination of a million things. Age is part of it. Fatigue is part of it. And the Grizzlies youth and, and athleticism and actually the fact that they're well coached defensively is a big part of it. Um, you know, I always want to, so is this two, how many games now have the Warriors just missed open shots? You know what three, I mean? Three of well, them, yeah, right? I guess so. But what, what we know is they're not open shots. They're, they're, they're diff, more difficult shots than open shots. And here's the other difference. A three-pointer up 10 and a three-pointer down 10 are two entirely different shots. And the Warriors like to shoot threes when they're up 10. And when they're down 10, the, the, they're just more difficult uh, to make. So I, I do think this is, you know, I, and I do want to say, you know, I saw the stat about what the Grizzlies have been leading in this series for about 75, 80% of the games. Yeah. And they, they, the Grizzlies have quote unquote outplayed the Warriors by the same token. I'm, I'm with you. You know, if the Warriors lose game four, the, the, who knows what happens last night? One of the reasons last night happened is because the Warriors won game four. Right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so we'll, there was a, there's a desperation to the playoffs no doubt. where the Warriors were not desperate to win last night. And the Grizzlies were like the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies looked at last night, Steiny, as if we go out at home tonight, we we're, we kind of punked out and we're not going to let that happen. And, right. and the game turned into what it turned into. But I think, look, the Warriors, a little bit of a let let down, I think, because they didn't need the game. And the Grizzlies were were fighting fighting for their life, no doubt about it. And and that's and just getting back to what you said earlier, you're right. Anybody who's watched the Grizzlies, they don't quit. And it's kind of the thing where hey, they came back against Minnesota, and everyone, well, it's Minnesota. The Warriors aren't Minnesota. You're right. The Warriors aren't Minnesota, but the Grizzlies are still the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies keep playing. They really do. They've got. They've got enough players on that team who, when they get into the game, they feel like they can make an impact athletically. And, and that's the part that is going to be interesting just kind of going forward with the Warriors. It feels like, you know, if you can't play Kaminga, you're not a very athletic team. You know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Poole, Looney, even Porter when he plays – they're, don't get me wrong; they're, they're very good players, but they're not quick, and they're and and any quickness they had is probably being lost just a little bit. And we're, they're playing a bunch of twenty-five-year-old guys who are just who, who think that they can disrupt the Warriors' offense. That's what they think. And the last couple games and at other at other points in the series, they have they've made the Warriors look maybe as bad offensively as they have in the last ten years. 10-year postseason how much do you think not having Steve Kerr's played a, a role in in this they've been a little disjointed zero is what okay. I think to tell you the okay. truth I I might be wrong I don't know um but I think this team essentially I don't want to say can coach themselves but I think Mike Brown I don't know what do you think I just well, I just don't I, I see don't what know. would be done differently. Me neither. If, Me if, neither. I mean, it was the same rotation. I mean, basically, Mike Brown said, "I'm following the recipe. We're all having coaching meetings via Zoom, and and you know, Steve's involved, and and we come up with the plan, and I'm I'm executing the plan the same way that that Steve would be executing the plan, uh, right. essentially. So 
yeah, I, I think, you know, they are in a little bit of a pickle with, with this Porter injury and we'll see, we don't really know if it was precautionary. Uh, Mike Brown said that the doctors told him he just couldn't go in the second half uh, with, with this foot. And, and again, I think it goes back a little bit to the every other day component and, no doubt. and the Warriors had been given Porter rest at different points and now they can't afford to, uh, I mean, there, this puts more of the onus on the big three plus Jordan Poole to carry this team to, to one more win. And, and, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see how the Warriors handle tomorrow night at, at chase with like there is, I don't think the Warriors have had pressure on them the entire postseason, Like they're going to have tomorrow night with having to win that game to avoid coming back here to, to Memphis. It's going to be a test of their championship medal. This team's championship medal, not, five years ago or six years ago or seven years ago's championship medal tomorrow night is going to be a test of what this group has and what the big three still have in them in the tech. Can they, can they come up with the 20 make three point game or can they grind out another one like they did in game four to get themselves on into the next round? And then I guess the other part of it is how much of what has happened in these last couple of games, even if the warriors advance impacts the way that you view the conference finals or potentially the the finals down the line. Let's kind of wrap it up on that. Sure. Well, uh, I think one of the things that's going to be a huge issue is I, and I, I'm looking at the, I always look at the playoffs as four quarters. Each round is a quarter. They're not even at halftime yet. They've lost Peyton. Now Porter's hurt. Who knows about Iguodala? I mean, playoffs are all about attrition. They really are. And, that's why they wanted to stay away from this game six. Um, although they didn't play like they wanted to stay away from this game right. six. So, you know, and I said this to you early, not, not, not to be a jinx or anything, but the Warriors, they, they may still get more banged up as the playoffs go along. That's, no just, the na- that's just the nature of it. And you're right. They, Peyton was playable. Porter is playable. Iguodala is playable. Minga's not right now, but they may not have right to. now. You're right, and I, I think they I think they may have to. Uh, but I you know I do I see a confident Grizzlies team, but I also will say you know a confidence Grizzlies team kind of means nothing coming into yeah. Chase Center on a Friday. But there, there's no doubt that the that the Grizzlies, you know I think I think after Game Four. The Grizzlies might be, man, we, you know, they, they got us late a couple games. These guys, this, that. the Grizzlies right now have to feel like we can win two more games against this team. Doesn't mean they're gonna, but there's no doubt they think they can win two more games against this team. And that's where I think a lot of Warrior fans maybe have, have underestimated this team's pedigree and, and hunger. All right, Steiny. Good stuff, my man. We'll call it on that note. Uh, have a great show with Guru. I'm headed to the airport and back to the bay. So uh, we'll we'll talk again here soon, my man. Good stuff. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.